Welcome to the Spirit for Success podcast with your hosts, Rach Wilson and Therese Tucker. Hi. There we are. Welcome to another Kick-Ass and Sparkly Ladypreneur podcast with us from Spirit from Six Spirit from, from Success. Gosh, that's a bad start. <laughs> Oh, success. Can't even get the business name right. That's it. We're done. I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks for watching. Bye. (laughs) So with me, as always, is the beautiful, talented, gorgeous, and amazing Therese. Hi, everyone. (laughs) It's so good to be here with my gorgeous, amazing, and talented partner, Rach. Um, And I see that we've got someone in the room. Hey, Becky. Becky's with us in the room. That's fantastic. So... Um, let's go ahead. Let's get this started. And I see people joining us on Facebook. Hi, Facebook friends. Hi. (laughs) So let's get this topic started. Rach, I'm going to hand it over to you. I've always wanted to be the one to say that because, because it was really active for you. I mean, we've been getting the same messages. We share a team. So it's no surprise that Rach and I get very similar, similar messages from our individual spirit teams because collectively they also work together um so rach over to you so there's a little bit of a story around this one um so i've been doing a lot of work with my my students in source for shift and there's a big class that i'm moving through at the moment and what came up was for me that I had been taking on way too much responsibility for everyone's breakthroughs and holding the space and bringing everybody in and chasing everybody up and that was exhausting in itself. And then what the information started to come through from our team was that's not your responsibility. Um, but also to look at you know what is really going on for people when they say they really want the breakthrough, they want their lives to change and this is going to be the thing that makes all the difference and then they don't do it. Life gets in the way. Oh, I'll get round to it. Or there's an excuse or um, a thousand other things show up or happen that mean they can't do the work. So um, it's been really interesting to see the different things that were coming through from our team in spirit and being able to see it reflected in the people around us as to Mm. why people are not taking action on the very thing, whatever it is, a book, a program, whatever, that they know on some level is going to make the biggest difference to them. And I think that we're, we've all been guilty of this at oh, one God. point or another. Totally. So we're definitely not coming at it from the place of, um, we got this figured out, where, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but as, um, as teachers, we see this and as also, you know, Rach and I are recovering over givers. So there's a big part of us uh, and nurturers. There's a big part of us that wants, it's like parent, you know what? It really is like being a parent, being mm. a mother. Um, we don't like to see our kids struggle naturally as parents. We have a hard time watching our children struggle. So we try to help them out. We try to do it. And yet the most profound learning that we do is from the struggle. The struggle is the very thing that teaches us how to do it. Mm. Struggling. And it's a motivation I found when I started to look at struggle in my own life and, and what it triggered me to do. Um, you know, all those programs and everything that I did, I'd go from one to the other, which is a typical thing. You know, it's like, all right, this will be the thing that fixes me. This will be the thing. That <laughs> and I would go through it so fast that I wasn't implementing it. And in that process, I found that because I still had a problem to fix because it wasn't fixed yet, it triggered 
me to continue my path of growth, to continue to look for more information, which led me down into spiritual development. It led me even further down into personal development. And I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't done all of that training, those courses, read those books, met those people, had those struggles. So there's a part of us, and this is something that came through from our team yesterday, there's a part of us that our soul wants us to struggle, needs us our to struggle. Our soul wants to struggle. Yeah, yeah, that came through for me, uh, which is the fact, okay, so here's how you can find out. <laughs> if the struggle is more important to you than the, um, the solution. perceived gain, yeah, the solution, <laughs> I want you to think about this. Think about an afterlife. Right. If I want you to spend a moment thinking about heaven <laughs> or your version of it, whatever this is of this place of no struggle. No, it's there's zero mountain. Now it's all flat, wide open plains. Everything you want comes to you instantly. It's uh, a forever vacation, forever break from the problem. Now hear that forever. No more problems, no more no challenges. struggle, no challenges, just easy, easy, easy. Now, most of us think that this is what we want. We go, yeah, <laughs> sign for me up for that. While. Sign me up for that. Um, but at some point, the soul desires expansion and growth. Expansion and growth automatically come with a challenge. To something to overcome something um, it goes from being the flat plane of everything's perfect to the mountain peak the the obstacle is the mountain to get to the peak is the goal so I want people to check in who are with us which one feels more exciting or gets your soul more turned on I would love some feedback mm -hmm. from everybody who is participating here do you enjoy the idea of um, seeing yourself move up a ladder or up the mountain and achieving something, you know, finally getting there? Or is this flat, expansive sameness? Which one feels better? <laughs> I mean, you can hear from our response which one we would be choosing. And when hopefully we're not swaying you. I want you to answer honestly for yourself. Uh, yeah. But most people get actually kind of um nervous about this idea of an afterlife that is ceaseless sameness mm -hmm. um, and i actually don't believe it's like that personally i believe that there are it's just like here with different styles of um expansion and growth mm. yeah <laughs> tracy says all she heard was mountain so i'm guessing tracy then you'd be choosing mountain <laughs> you'd be choosing the mountain not the plane um how about anybody else watching? Mm. Here's the thing though, like, um, and I see this in my clients and there's a few that are in the zone and I've been there totally myself, is that we, in the pursuit of and, and the, the expansion and the growth and, and all of that, there gets a point where it, you can overdo it, where you, you're so wanting the, the, the growth and you try to do it so fast that you get into overwhelm, you burn out because you put too much on your plate um, and I see this a lot with go-getter A-type personalities when we see this a lot, and obviously we've certainly been there, um, where there's, there's too much growth, too much change in, in, in too, much short, too short a span of time, which leads to burnout and overwhelming. And then you've got others where it could stretch a lot more. Everything is pretty 
cruisy, sameness, um, but almost stagnant and boring. So there's not enough change in that respect. So it's finding the sweet spot in all of this. You know, I can liken it to my inbox. And this is where oh, I you tell. <laughs> Your inbox okay. must be different to mine. <laughs> my inbox is nuts right now. I sign up for so I am one of those people who's like, oh, you've got something you want to show me? Okay, I'll sign. I'm like, and I'll if, sign up for that. if if their hook is particularly interesting, I'll be like, yeah, break it down. You know, like what? How do you do that? Um, half the time, it sits in my inbox waiting to be read because I'm mm. so already the plate's full. Mm. Um, and I can see people who do that with courses and, and learning materials. I mean, I'm the, I, the same with books. I'm so guilty. I have an entire library of books with different bookmarks in different books. Mm -hmm. Rarely am I actually finishing a whole book. I do do that. Um, but the book is either really good. It's got my attention or I'm really invested somehow. But most of the books are like, at the time I buy it, I'm like, yes, this is it. This is the one. It's got all those things that check off my list. This is going to be great. I get into it and I hit something. I hit a resistance point. Either I, I'm not, the language isn't speaking to me the way that is um, enticing or it feels difficult at some point. Or it has mm. challenged me or triggered me. Mm. And when you hit those challenge and trigger points, Sometimes the easier thing to do is to set it down and walk away. Be like, nah, that's not the one. It doesn't work. <laughs> Next. <laughs> it's usually what happens. Yeah. And that's, um, and we were talking about this yesterday, the, the pain around it. So when you hit, and this happens, and I see it a lot with Source for Shift and any of the healing work that I do and, and other people in other healing courses is that they start to get into some of their internal stuff and it feels hard and it feels painful and it feels yucky and it's like oh that's that's gonna hurt I don't want to I don't want to deal with that that's too hard um so that becomes the barrier to continuing on into it and in our discussion yesterday one of the things that that Therese highlighted was this um there's going to be pain either way you yes go through the pain of growth which, let's be honest, is not always comfortable, easy, or nice. Um, or you go through the pain of expansion. Sorry, no, it's pain or pain of staying the same. I knew I'll get it eventually. Mm -hmm. The pain of staying yeah. the same. And that's something that, you know, I talked about in my training yesterday is you've got to look at that. You've got to look at what is the pain of doing it and then look at the pain of things not changing. And are you willing to accept that as the, the end result? Right, because if we keep trotting along along this same path, we're getting the same result over and over again. You know, different day, same basic circumstances, right? We're not seeing the ourselves move from, I like to look at the mountain and say base camp one, base camp two, and so on. So we're not really seeing the movement to base camp two. And you got to think of it like moving up a mountain. If you were really climbing Everest, it's going to fucking suck, okay? The <laughs> I mean, it's going to feel amazing when you get there, but you got to push yourself through unknown terrain and you're going to experience the limitations of doing that, right? The limitations of where you're at are going to be felt mm. when you're trying to go past them. You're going to feel them in you. Um, it's the same with exercise too. That's another great way that, we can look at it, but you, you know, 
I, I'm doing this yoga. <laughs> I'm doing this yoga. It's ridiculous. I don't know if anyone knows this app called Cody, and I don't know who they made it for. I'm guessing world-class athletes because it was not made for me. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's either me or world-class athletes, but this thing is hard. I signed up for this yoga pack, and I cannot get through. It's a, They're 10-minute sessions each. And I cannot get through more than like two minutes top of each, any of these sessions I try. I'd be lucky to get the 60 seconds. <laughs> I was explaining it to Rach yesterday, what I could do. And she was like, wow, which was no. really interesting because I was like, oh, I can't even do the 10 minutes. Um, so what I'm saying is I'm feeling my limits. And yet Rach kind of gave me some perspective, which was that that's pretty good. And I think that's what's missing sometimes is if when we don't have accountability partners, when we don't have someone to bounce our, you know, who's there going, actually, you did pretty good. Mm. You have no, you stop referencing your beginning point to where you are now. And then we stop seeing our progress and we decide there is no progress and then we drop it. And then we move on to the next thing that promises us growth. And here's the fucking the truth that's going to piss you off, but it's going to set you three, free, <laughs> three and three, free. free. Okay. <laughs> three for free. I'm going to piss you off and I'm going to set you free at the same time. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Nothing outside of you can change you. God damn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> God damn, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm leaving you with that. <laughs> okay, let me let me it's go so again. So true, so true. Say it again. No. The dramatic effect. Nothing. Okay, ready? Here we go. <laughs> Nothing outside of you can change you. Only you have that power. And until we really get that, until we really understand that this book is a tool, this teacher is a mentor, this course is a formula until we get that that those things don't change us it's us applying the knowledge oh, and that's it's it. us doing implement, the work yeah implement 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 and we like we said we're not perfect we're both guilty of not implementing the stuff that we get um and it's and we've talked about the process of mastery too it's implementing but it's also going back over the material because that's mm -hmm. how you get it at a deeper level. Because when you're learning something new, particularly new, I mean, I've got students that are redoing this training and, and learning new things because when we did it the first time, that you're only absorbing 10 to 20% of the information in the first run. Oh, As God, yes. Do it again or read it again. I mean, we listen to a lot of Abraham Hicks. I go through periods where I listen to it constantly. And I'm still going, oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. I haven't implemented all of it because I... Hasn't yes. The best books that I've ever read, I bought the audio version and I sit mm. and listen to, even though I read it, I listen to it again because it's like the information drops into my head deeper. And here's the thing. You don't have the wisdom until it's in the body intelligence, mm. until there is this like gut check in you where you're like, yep, that's my truth. That is true. Or you're living that's, it. You're, you're, doing living, it. Well, you're doing it without thinking about it. You live it. You, that's when it's in the body. Right. Exactly. Um, and it takes, re it takes that repetition, which Rach and I are always having to like, because we're creators, right? And we want to bring yeah. you new, 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 new. In fact, right before we got on, Rach, I got you. <laughs> you were like, haven't we said this before? And I'm, I was about to say to you, so what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
Yes. Yes, because because we're at this as teachers, as givers, we want to make sure that we're giving you value, giving you value. But the truth is, the more you can kind of circle back to this idea mm -hmm. that you have the power for change, just you, just you in your life. Um, and no matter who you gift that power to, they can't do it, right? Like, um, going back to the parent example with your children, if you constantly tie their shoes for them, they'll never know how to tie their shoes. You're not doing them a favor. So even though the kid's like, mommy, tie my shoe for me, every time you do that, they are delayed in their mm. growth. So even if you hand your power over to someone and say, fix me, you, you're not going to be, there's no permanent fix there. There's a temporary um, mm. bandaging, if you will, a temporary uplifting. And then as soon as it's just you again, you fall flat. And then we start to rely on this belief that other people can do it, right? Other people can fix me. Oh, mm. when, when I'm around so-and-so, when I'm around guru so-so, mm. right? That, that guru is so amazing. What, what we've done is we've given our power to that person or that thing, and we have given it permission to do something. But yeah. as, soon as, that, as soon as we're separate from that, our power either will still, well, we can stay with them, right? But as soon as we're separate, we feel powerless and unable to change. And stuck, yeah. And that was a big reason why the source for shift came about because I was tired of doing the work and kind of, doing the work on and with people and they weren't getting the tools to be able to do it themselves unless they had to go and learn all of the things that I learned. They had to go learn NLP and hypnosis and do the coaching courses and everything else I learned to be able to do exactly what I do with them. So that's why Source for Shift came about. So now any coaching client I take on privately, I teach them Source for Shift and while I'll use it on them initially through the course of our six months, I'm teaching them how to do it. By the end of the six months, They've mastered how to use it for themselves. They don't need me anymore, and that's the way I like it. <laughs> like, it's like give them the tools to be able to do this work themselves. And every client I work with now, that's the deal because I, I know for myself that going to other people and going, fix my blocks because some modalities you just show up and it's all done for you. But I haven't found that to be ongoingly successful. Is that even a word, ongoingly? It is now. <laughs> successful yeah. for a lot of people because they're not active in the process of change for themselves and that's what we're talking about and you know really interesting this kind of corresponds with the material I'm teaching it in um, school for spirit and we're talking about I'm about to lay down on everybody tomorrow the difference between um, densities Ooh, what's that word? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I have to wait. I got to tell my students first. Sorry, guys. Um, but we're in an idea right now. We're leaving, actually. As uh, individuals and also en masse collectively, we're starting to leave third density, 44% on my iPad <laughs> right now. Just saying. We're leaving it. And this density was a density of separation and separateness. And this is when healers going to someone to fix you in third density, that thrived. Mm. Because there's a belief in separateness. There's a belief that you are special, I am not. You can do it, I can't. Separate, right? We're moving into fourth density where it's about integration. Where it's about this. This is why both Rach and I are teaching these styles of here's the tools. Here is what you can do. This is what you can do. Heal yourself. Grow your own intuition. Be your own psychic. 
Um, not because we don't want to help you, but because in truth, if you don't understand how powerful you are mm -hmm. and how you can help yourself and how you can see the signs, right? You're, you're staying in a past paradigm of the idea of separation and incompleteness right? We are different beings. So we operate differently. And I think this is why modalities that don't change with that are going to start not working because it, you can't to move forward into a, a heightened, um, a higher vibration to be a more enlightened person. You won't be able to say I'm special and you're not, or mm. I have this gift that only God gave me. <laughs> that, I, that I will then share with you. It's not going to work. People won't resonate with that. They'll be like, no, we're one in the same. So whatever you got, I got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It changes the way the relationship works. And this is why I love the, you know, with the Source for Shift group, because it becomes more that they tap into the group to have someone on the outside of them just to get a reflection to go, okay, I'm not quite sure where to start with this particular problem for myself. And it becomes a sounding board rather than a, can you fix me? mentality which is more mm -hmm. on the, the 4d it's more the collaborative kind of approach and taking responsibility for one's own healing and growth and as well as the results and the successes that come with that right and you know old paradigm guys is a belief that something outside of me has to fix mm -hmm. me the medication has to fix me the um, Person, the right the mm -hmm. teacher the thing that will fix me. That's old operation system. We're moving into an integrated system. We're moving into it in, we're seeing old systems that play by that fall apart. Like mm. um, our schooling system in the United States, the public schooling system falling apart, right? Our healthcare falling apart. Our government <laughs> just, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> right? We're starting to see integration between people who are seeing their regular um, practitioners, their, their regular MDs, but also going to holistic practitioners mm. too, to get both sides of the story. Mm. Um, and that, that is a reflection of, that's an outward reflection of who we are becoming on the inside, more integrated, more capable, more self-aware. More holistic in nature. Mm -hmm. mm. So when we, continue to play the game of um, this book will fix me the teacher the course the new whatever fixes me then we're playing from an old uh, we're operating in a false paradigm now mm. because we know better on some level we have an awareness <laughs> we can we do this shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. that we that we're more so why do we sabotage then, Rach? Why do we sabotage ourselves? If let's say we do, we're like, I'm sure most of the people who are watching this and they're listening, they're kind of like, mm -hmm. <laughs> they get it. This is, we're kind of preaching to the choir at the moment. Yeah. But why do we do this? When we have this sense of knowing that, yeah, I am more than I play. Why do mm -hmm. I play small? Why do I sabotage? Why do I do it? Yeah, and there's, to me, that's, it's, the duality of the the solar spirit part of ourselves, which is that part of this, that is the universe, that is source, that is spirit, that knows exactly what we're capable of. And it's kind of whispering in your ear or it's that part of you and the intuition goes, oh, I'd really love to be a speaker. But then it's the human part that goes, oh, but then that means I'm going to be visible. That means that this is going to happen or bad things can happen or this, all these fears start to play out. So it becomes, 
I mean, it, and it's sort of a, a, a reflection of where we're at in that transition from one 3D to 4D as well, is the two halves of us, the human part of ourselves as well as the, the connected spirit, higher self part of ourselves that are having the conversation in our heads. <laughs> hmm, not sure if I want, and it's, it is, it's normally about avoiding pain. The human part is avoiding pain. It's trying to keep, like the subconscious is trying to keep you safe, but it's no longer having to fight dragons and lions and tigers and bears, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it creates fears of um, being seen, of being a failure, of being successful as the things that you need to stay safe from. And it's all mm -hmm. an illusion. It's all an illusion. But And, and also there's just... Um, a, I think a separation in the brain between the pain of changing, but also the pain mm. of staying the same. There's it, yes. this logic is not connecting those two things. What caused you to seek the new information is mm. the pain of remaining the same. Mm. Um, and so at some point, what you have to do is be the one who plugs the two together, mm. right? Who has to, make the link in your brain because our brains for whatever reason don't want to link it for us or we haven't been trained to link it or whatever reason the link isn't there so what we need to start doing is acknowledging that yes we're avoiding pain but we're also trying to get out of a pain we're currently in right Wait, whatever why? exactly whatever that pain uh, is showing up as there's a reason you reached out for more so that you have to keep going back and went, wait, I actually reached for this. Oh, I grabbed this. Um, see, I think that there's a maybe a mental process that goes on that logically, when I reach for something, I should feel relief. And some of that has to do with some things that are around us that our logic has locked onto. I have a headache. I reach for the aspirin. I take it. I get relief. Mm -hmm. Right, that's kind of one of those links in the brain. So the brain is logically going, okay, I'm in pain. I reached for something. Now I feel more pain, or I feel new pain, and it wants to stop reaching for it. It wants to stop grabbing it because it's associating instant relief. Mm. Um, so part of it is like kind of overriding that and being like, there is relief on the other side of my growth. Mm. And here's what you can do. Like it's a really cool exercise, really quick and easy. Get a piece of paper and a pen, which is always great because it engages the right side of the brain. And write on one side the pain of doing the work or learning, doing the book or whatever you think the pain is associated with taking the action that originally you wanted to take. And then on the other side, write down all the pain associated with staying the same. That if things don't change, and then look at the ripple effect, because you really want to build the pain on that right-hand side. Look at the ripple effect. If things don't change in five years, in 10 years, how is that going to affect you? How is it going to affect the people around you? How is it going to change your life or keep your life the same? Or is it going to get worse? Usually you can see how it's going to get worse. So write all the pain down on that side. And then flip the page over, split it in two again. And write down all of the, the good things that will happen <coughs> when you've moved through the growth pain what's on the other side and it's really about defining more of your why so in those moments when you're going oh the time it's going to take me an hour which really comes down to priorities by the way um, then it's looking at okay well why am I doing this oh okay well I don't want to stay the same 
but here's all the things I'm going to get if I do this, if I actually do the work. These are all the, the, the potentials because it's all potential. And let that be the way that it leads you forward. On this other side, have a look at your priorities. Here's how you know what your priorities are. Values is probably, and we did, I did a workshop on this on the weekend. <laughs> I unexpectedly became the teacher of it. So what you value determines where you spend your time and what action you will take. Now, while people talk about, yeah, I value success, I value my family, I value health and fitness, you might say that, but does what you're focusing on, your time, when you have to choose between your fitness and doing this internal work, which one wins, that will tell you what you actually value. So you've got to get very clear as to why you need to value whatever this book or this program or whatever is and connect it to something that's going to make it a high priority for you. This process will help, this process will help you work that out. No, that's good. No, I'm just checking in. I'm looking. <laughs> I always, you guys see me looking down because I'm looking at Facebook, seeing how people are absorbing this and it feels like they're just kind of absorbing all this information so um another thing with the values though and here's where we want to address burnout mm. is that especially for our tribe and the people we attract we attract high achievers because we're also high achievers we set bars a little too high as high achievers right? Like we see what we want and we start going after it with that tenacity gung -ho. that we go gung-ho. And the thing about gung-ho is that's, that's a short burst of mm. energy that'll take you there. But when you try and stay in that bursting, it's like sprinting. A sprint is meant to be fast, quick, and you like, it's like the fastest type of run you can do. They, okay. Those are short. They're short runs. They're like, I don't know, 800 meters. I'm guessing now, but <laughs> they're not five mile sprints. I was thinking they're 50 meters. <laughs> I don't know. That's a sprint for me. Well, everybody's been a level of sprint, right? Right. So that's a sprint. High achievers tend to try and sprint a marathon. Mm. You can't, I mean, you just can't. it's that will, that has consequences. Um, you know, physical consequences, mental and emotional consequences. It also has consequences when we try to better our lives and we raise the bar so high that mm. either to succeed, we have to push ourselves to the extreme or to do anything less feels like a failure. Mm. So the idea here is, you know, look at your values, look at your priorities, and then look if you're trying to set the bar high. You know, I used to buy those books where they would talk about female athletes or celebrities and it would show you a breakdown of their diet and it was like 1,200 calories a day and it was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, they're just, those books are pure insanity written to make, you know, make people feel crazy, period, okay? <laughs> You'd look at, and it would give you a breakdown of what they were eating um, and I would try to do it. Right. I go out, I buy the protein bars or the shakes or, you know, the, the skinless chicken with the steamed vegetables. And I'd probably do that for not mm. even three days because I mm. couldn't take it. Mm. I was just miserable. I was so focused in on something that was, it was just causing me misery and making me hate, hate myself that I didn't want to do it. Hate myself that it felt impossible. Right. 
felt like a loser, that it wasn't at that level that somebody else clearly achieved because they were in a fucking book for doing it. <laughs> All of that stuff is a setup. It's a setup to um, create failure. Mm. And not the kind of failure that makes you feel like you're failing forward, but the kind of failure that makes you feel like you're failing at life. Mm. Yeah, and there's one other, that there's another total mindset that does run the, the burnout pattern, and that is being a people pleaser. And I see this a lot with um, you know, overachievers as well because they're trying to keep everybody happy, but they're not prioritising their own self-care, which we know is a foundation piece to be able to run the marathon and be able to keep going, like a not stop. Burnout's such well, a big thing. So to go back to my point, though, the, what I was trying to say is that there was a less dramatic way to achieve yeah. what I wanted to achieve. That was the most dramatic. That was the most, um, the highest I could set my bar. Mm. And it was also creating a sense of misery and failure. Whereas had I taken it way down to a, a much more manageable um, and Sorry. realistic life level for me, I could have seen the transformation I wanted to see. Mm. Um, so now, like for example, with the yoga stuff that I'm doing, I, granted I, I have this app where they're doing crazy physical stuff that I can't even get myself <laughs> to do yet. Here's what I do though, is I do my super easy version of yoga <laughs> and then I try this. I get in there and I try it. And I'm like, I'm going to go until my body is like, I can't even conceive of how to bend like that. And then I'm going to turn it off and call it good enough. Right? So that's a way different mindset. Now I'm not giving myself black or white extremes. I'm not doing all or nothing. Mm. I am modifying to what I'm capable of and I'm doing it. I am pushing myself up Get to a point. It. Well, I'm pushing myself. Like I'm saying, I'm going to try it today, but I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to push myself so hard that I go to the place where I'm never going to open that thing again. Mm. And it's not about trying to finish the 10 minutes it's more about like being curious really like could i could i do that no <laughs> not today not with that fooling on your ass and i have <laughs> but but here's the thing the beauty of that approach is um it's so much more manageable and i think manageable needs to be a word that people mm. start using around personal growth as well we get so worked up about personal growth and um, the expansion of our, our minds and our abilities that we don't do it in a manageable way. Life mm. is still happening around us. So how do you get it into your life where you're not in all or nothing mode? Mm. And complete overwhelm. You can't actually absorb much when you're in complete overwhelm and burnout anyway. So it's, it's, a, it's a waste of time and money. So, I mean, the thing that, and I've had, to, I've had similar kind of experiences where I was so into the personal development doing so much. I mean, every kind, every waking moment, because I'd had this belief that I'd got from personal development that, you know, people who succeed don't watch TV, um, that I was always on. I was always reading a book. I was always um, doing a course or constantly doing something if I wasn't working. And that in itself exhausted the fuck out of me. Till eventually I had, I was so burnt out, I had to take time out from everything for not just a few days, we're talking months. And in that recovery, I realized that, you know, doing this personal development is work in itself, 
it has to be given the kind of um, recovery time or integration time that you would need if you were going to go to the gym. And it's something that people don't really understand. Um, That's a really good point. That's a good point. That's a good way to think about it is that you need recovery time. You need the time to process and take it in. Implement. I like that. Implement, <laughs> yes. So, so step how back, can people step it back? <laughs> <laughs> so let's wrap the, this. How can we wrap all this together? Um, yes, we're kind, of, we're kind of given two messages in terms of, um, you know, moving forward in a thing that's going to help you by getting past your pain. But at the same time, those who are too far into it and trying who are sort of in the burnout zone kind of need to pull back. So there's, there's two sides to that same coin that we've kind of gone over today. <clears throat> and one of them is to look at, be honest with yourself and look at where you land when it comes to doing this kind of work. Are you in the burnout zone because you're trying to move through it quickly and take it on and, and get fixed somehow? Or are you resisting doing the work because there's pain associated to growth? I lost the train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> this is actually the point where I was thinking we, we could start taking questions. Mm. So for those who are still with us, this is we're going to open up to the psychic Q&A portion. So any question you got, put it in the chat and we will answer your question. Um, in the meantime, you know, Check in with us. You guys went so quiet. So let us know how you're processing this. And that's okay. If you need time, you need time to process it. That's, that's good. It means it's something like going in, they're considering, mm. they're quietly considering what we have to say. <laughs> I love it. All right, people. Um, so any questions, it doesn't have to be topic related. We're opening the floor to any questions. We got a few more minutes left. So the first, ones, right, the first ones that we see, we're going to answer. Or we can just sit here and, and look pretty. I know, right? We can, we can just keep primping. Mm, so Becky's just said that she's heard this same message on several fronts. Yeah, it's big in the energy right now. I'm seeing a lot of this either burnout pattern or resistance pattern. That's what it is. <laughs> it's just all out of balance. And it's six forty-four here. Just so you know, eleven forty-four. I did see eleven eleven, but we were busy talking, and I thought I'll just. Look. <laughs> okay, so Agnes has a question. Hi, Agnes. She says, "I'm dealing with a fear of commitment. Is this <laughs> a relationship commitment, or is this a business commitment? Because I know you got some stuff shifting on both fronts there, Agnes. So if you could give us a little more details, uh, we can answer." answer that mm. but on a general level reach commitment yeah. stuff what is that well I would actually ask the question you know what is that you what meaning are you attaching to commitment why is commitment such a scary thing you you want to dig down and to find out what other beliefs are actually holding that in place because commitment itself I've got a particular definition of it Therese has a definition of it, but it won't necessarily be your definition so you need to get understanding and clarity around what you're defining as commitment and dig underneath that to find out, you know, what is what what strings or what baggage do you think commitment comes with? Because you're more afraid of that than you are of commitment itself. Uh, so, Agnes, what's coming up for me is a fear of making the wrong choice. Ah. She said, biz uh, she said business." So the fear mm -hmm. is, 
if I've got options and I commit, if I pick one over the other or pursue one over the other, that I'll make the wrong choice. Mm -hmm. And this is where intuition really comes in and is your friend, right? Because this is where logic can't help you. Mm -hmm. Logic tries to help you. And guess what? Until you tell logic to shh, I was going to say quiet. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Sometimes logic can be a real hindrance and will help you, won't help you make the best choice. Mm. So how do you use intuition to do this? Well, you have to go into your feeling space. So you think about each one of these options that's coming to you and you just feel it in your heart. And it's really simple. The feeling that comes up is, this feels good, this doesn't. You don't even have to logically know why yet it feels good or it doesn't. Even if you can't put words to that, um, the feeling is there. That is telling you um, the feelings that we get from our heart, our heart intelligence is pointing at soul purpose. So whatever feels good is naturally in alignment with our soul meaning it matches frequency-wise to what our soul purpose is. So the further away we get from that match, the less it feels good, okay? So that's what it's telling you right there. You've got to okay, does that mean I'm afraid to trust myself? Love it, yes. okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I see this, I teach intuition to people, and I've seen it in myself, and the fear is, what if I'm wrong? And this is what you have to answer. So the fuck what? Okay, I was wrong. That's not, there's there's a weird idea in our heads that we're somehow locked into stuff. Or I can't leave. That's a made up uh, scenario in your head. You are as free as you choose to be. So I see a lot of people who feel locked up by money. They feel locked in a position of what they have to do because they need money and they have a strong belief that money is here and it's in this cage with me that's the but the the cage is Mm. self-created here's the thing about mistakes and this goes for everybody um we have this false belief that if we make a bad choice that it's a mistake and it was the wrong way to go but what if on a soul level you actually chose that path because it gives you a certain perspective a certain learning or a certain level of expansion that you couldn't have got otherwise so in actual fact there are no freaking mistakes at all there are no mistakes. you can't fuck it up when i first moved to new york i um applied to two spas because i was working in skincare and cosmetics at the time i applied to the bliss spa and this other spa that's lesser known unless you're in new york And I wanted the Bliss Spa. I wanted that to be the one that picked me up. And for whatever reason, I ended up going to the other one. And it turns out, like, it just was this weird mix-up of communication. Bliss Spa actually did hire me, but I never got the email. And Mm. ended up working at this weird lesser place that had a lot of drama. But, oh, my God, so much growth. So much of me, like, learning to take back my power and be like, enough of this bullshit. I don't have to put up with this just because you own this place. I would. I don't know if I would have got that at this other place that already felt nicer and safer. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yep. So you can't. You can't actually make a mistake. 
there is on some level something for you to gain. So stop trying to think your way to the right path or the right answer, which is, you know, effectively, like we've been talking about, you're trying to avoid pain. But there's growth in the pain. There is growth, 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 growth. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. She's saying, yep, it makes sense. Awesome. So we've got um, in the room with us is yes. Becky. Can you see what she's saying? Yes, I can. Um, she wants to know if she should go back to the job at the school. It has its perks but doesn't pay enough. And she disagrees with the system and a few things that she's asked to do, but she's looking for reasons not to go. But is she looking for reasons not to go because she feels maybe she's lazy? Um, I know this isn't true, but I have so much programming still to clear around this from parents to culture. I like teaching, so it matches a bit. Um, but, yeah, why can't I let go of this job? <sighs> so, again, it comes back to this place where you need to put your hand on your heart. Mm get calm and breathe into it and ask yourself from an honest place, does it feel good? Yes or no, without judging that answer. If it feels good, there's your answer. If it doesn't, there's your answer. You already know the answer. Yeah. And exactly. sometimes <laughs> <laughs> what we're looking for is permission. Yeah. If you need permission, then there's your permission. The answer is no. Mm. Your answer is no. When the answer is no, and we don't have anything in front of us, what do we generally start doing, people? <laughs> we start to panic, right? Well, I, that was a bad idea. Mm. Um, so you gotta, you gotta really understand that that is because you're kind of looking at this moment like the answer is sitting here. You just decided it's no. Give it a second. Let that you know, let that ferment, if you will. Uh, and then now you have opened a door because if you're not constantly holding the school in a place mm -hmm. of blocking, right? So what we are holding on to because we're afraid to let it go because we're afraid it's wrong kind of creates this wall, if you will, that other things can't get past because you're holding this thing in place. As soon as you let that go and the space is open, then the other stuff can come in. Fantastic. All right. So one more question. And Terry says, uh, is my relationship changing? Noticing some behavior that makes me question things. Is your relationship changing? Well, that's a really basic question. And the short answer is yes, of course it's changing because nothing remains nothing the same. No. As you move forward, as more information is received, as more experience is happening, Yes, it's changing. So the question then becomes, um, are you changing together? Like, is it in harmony? Is, if that's your question, just let me know. Yes or no, Terry, on that. Is it in harmony anymore? Here's the thing. Like, I, having been the one that's always doing the personal growth and my husband's not, it's not his thing, um, there have been times where I've moved and changed ahead of him and there, there used to be a fear of, well, what if I change so much that we, we literally go in opposite directions? Um, and the answer to that is, well, sometimes it happens, but it's really about having these open, really open and honest conversations with, the, with your partner to say, okay, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. You know, you're, you've got to be real about your 
perceived meaning around, okay, well, this is changing, but what meaning are you attaching to that that's then triggering all of your stuff? You won't get the truth until you have this really open and honest conversation to find out where he's at or where you're at and find out what's really going on and then make decisions from there. But And then after that, you really need to look at what do I want? Mm -hmm. What do I want? Do I want to be done? Do I want to keep going? Super simple question, but it outlines everything for you because if you want to keep going and you are in this weird, like out of sync place, that means you're going to have to give more effort, more patience, more understanding, more, you know, this too shall pass of a feeling. Or if you're really done, then you need to kind of find that way where you can consciously bring it to a close. It sounds like, and my feeling around it, is that you're not done with it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be concerned. When we express concern, we're worried that we're going to lose something (laughs) that we want. (laughs) No, you're not going to lose it. You're not going to lose it. It's, But it is this place of like, okay, sometimes as we're growing, we actually have to give more, which is weird. I know that sounds weird, but we, if we're the one who's maturing faster, there's more stuff that we have to give, more patience, mm. right? More compassion and understanding. Yeah. And every relationships go through relationships go through growth phases as well where they get uncomfortable they feel a bit weird they're a bit out of sync and these are just opportunities to reconnect and 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 express where each other is at you'll find that these moments are opportunities for you to grow together in your relationship because you're both changing as time moves on and you want to be you want change to happen otherwise everything gets stagnant and falls apart so this is just one of those growth points and now it's an opportunity to kind of resync, if you will. Awesome. Okay, I think <laughs> she's not typing in anymore. Everyone's so quiet today. It's been a quiet chat day. Um, so hopefully that answers your questions. And um, yeah, I kind of think this one is, we're going to wrap up now. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> It's 11.55. Thank you. (laughs) And if you've got any more questions or whatnot, you can pop them into the the comments box and we will get to those as soon as we can. I'm having a break after this. It's lunchtime. We do have a a little other. We have a lot of like conferences today. Rich and I are in conference mode today. We are. We are. (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us. And um, until next time, relax. We got this. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. To learn more about Rach and Therese and all of our awesome offerings, go to spirit4success.com or find us on Facebook. In fact, why not join our kick-ass and sparkly group, Kick-Ass and Sparkly Ladypreneurs Unite. Until next time, relax. We got this.